This podcast was not intended for your fucking children. It all boils down to the fact Kathleen can't kiss my ass. This is Ends at Six, your place for the most up-to-date Star Wars discussion, Hollywood hijinks, and all-around geek culture tomfoolery. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and YouTube by subscribing today. It's not Linda Moulton Howe, is it? Is that the woman's name? No, 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 no. You know who that is, right? I don't, but I, and this this lady doesn't go by three names, I don't think. Oh, okay. I want to say her last name's Thompson, but I'm probably wrong. Mm. In fact, I almost guarantee I'm wrong. She did a Rogan podcast. Oh, really? Okay. Really good. Yeah, like she went on there to talk about the CIA book and he ended up getting her to talk about Paperclip more. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, that's Operation Paperclip is when we brought all the German scientists over uh, oh, after yeah. World War II. Yeah, so. Yep, yep. All right, she, this is she, Ends at Six, and I'm joined today by my boy, Phoenix Risen. How you doing, bro? Very good, man. How you doing? Not too bad at all. You were you were about to say? I was about to say chief among those scientists, uh, and then his name completely escaped me. Very famous man. Uh, what the hell is his name? Werner, Werner, oh, for God's sakes. Von Braun? Von Braun. God damn. Yeah. Getting old sucks, man. Your brain just shuts the fuck <laughs> off you. in the middle of it. Anyway, go ahead. I was talking to somebody not too long ago about Von Braun, and we were we were getting into how um, uh, he's he's just as big a war criminal as anybody else, but yet he's fun of the good Germans, so we need to let him stay. Right. Well, that's a prevailing opinion amongst a lot of people, I think. Yeah. But you don't get to a position that Von Braun was in in the Third Reich without being just as fucking crazy as Hitler. Oh no, for sure. I mean, the, the Nazis were into all kinds of stuff. Uh, the occult was a fucking favorite topic of Hitler's. Yeah, and I think somebody had brought up and they're like, "Well, look at look at Rommel, you know, Rommel was a uh was high up in in what was going on and and he uh he actively tried to to kill Hitler." I'm like, mm-hmm. "He was a general. He wasn't a party guy. Von Braun was a party guy." Right. Right. You notice all the generals turned on him, but all the party people didn't because they shared his ideology. Now, I'm sure there were a lot of German uh, generals that shared his ideology, but there was also a lot of German generals that Germany comes first, everything else comes second. Of course. Which is why I hope to God we have a bunch of those now. Bunch of those Germans? Any, <laughs> no, a bunch of generals that America comes first and nothing else. So, Which is actually what made me like Mad Dog Mattis a little bit more. As uh, the great Jackie Gleason once said... <laughs> As Sheriff Buford T. Justice, the goddamn Germans ain't got nothing to do with it. Have you, you ever heard Smokey and the Bandit? You ever seen that? Of course I've seen Smokey okay. and the Bandit. The cop tells him, just, sir, that's not even germane to the situation. The goddamn Germans, the Germans ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh, God. I miss the Honeymooners. Dude, I'm, oh, one, that's one for of sure. my favorite lines, one of my favorite like critiques of the Honeymooners was by Bill Maher. And he was talking about when they were, I, th- I think it was when they were doing all the Make America Great Again, you know, uh, uh, stuff. I, I think it was. But anyway, it's, it's, he was talking about, you know, the, the longing for the golden age, right? And he's like, and, and the more you hear these people talk, the more you get the same time. The 1950s. The 1950s is what they want to turn the clock back to. And right. if you want to know anything about the 1950s, all you've got to do is to go back and find out what was the most popular thing that people were watching in that time. And that was a TV show called The Honeymooners. This was a TV show where the the number one line by the main character in the show was, To the moon, Alice! 
<laughs> right. He's like, now what does this mean? Let's break it down. It means, bitch, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to mm-hmm. punch you in the face so hard that you become an extraterrestrial body. <laughs> Great time to live in. Great time. <laughs> but on with the show. Have you seen what, uh, what's been unraveling over this last month or so as far as Star Wars goes? I mean, it depends, I guess. Uh, I just finished watching the last installment of, uh, of the, uh, basically the podcast on Disney last night. So you were listening uh, to Tokyo Rose and uh, Propaganda Central? No, it's, uh, what's his name? Um, Favreau and what the hell is it called? Where he interviews the directors. And... Got you, but still it's controlled by Propaganda Central. So there's, well, there I might mean, be a lot that you don't see, and he's got to put on his corporate face. Go ahead. Well, you do see What's-Her-Name on there. Kathleen Kennedy's on there a lot. Oh, yes. Yes, I did. But to give a little timeline for those who might not be up on it, in case you're not up on it either, no, we're going to go all the way back for the last couple years, right, and just kind of go over everything. So so Kathleen Kennedy has basically created this somewhat of a debacle at Lucasfilm, right? Almost everything that she has a hand in has just dropped to the fucking ground. I mean, that's like that's like um, Rebellion. That's like uh, Forces of Destiny. That's, that's Last Jedi. That's um, Demise of Skywalker got got even the the you know the the shilling uh, media to turn their back on on Disney but Kennedy's basically everything that she touches turns the fucking coal all right and then we've got the Kennedy fired rumors remember that a couple years ago where everybody's talking mm-hmm. about she's fired she's fired she's going away blah 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 and then it comes out she's got a contract extension and also at that same time that she's getting this contract extension and the and the fired rumors are happening you've got Bob Iger making excuses for Lucasfilm you know, saying things like, well, maybe we put out, maybe we put out too much Star Wars too fast and yada, 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 yada. And, and we get that contract extension news, but we don't get the normal um, pomp and circumstance that you get when something like that happens. When, when the public loses face in somebody in a, or loses faith, sorry, in a corporation, the, the corporation then usually comes out with that. Oh, we have, uh, this person has our full confidence and faith and we know they're going to bring big things to our company and blah 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 that never happened at disney with kathleen kennedy no she rigged the game so she gets an honorary oscar which she was on the board of directors that gave her self a honorary oscar and uh laura dern's in there too by the way just saying but all of that's going on as kind of a way to uh, give H- Kennedy some some backing that she damn sure didn't earn. And then we have the Mandalorian that comes out, and, th- and the Mandalorian starts uh, to carry the slack that everything else is leaving behind. Um, the Mandalorian was one of the only things that all Star Wars fans can get behind. The 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 new crop that Disney Lucasfilm is trying to cater to that has left them by now. By the way, the old fans, everybody can pretty much agree that the Mandalorian is a pretty good goddamn show. And then yeah. we've got Bob Iger's book that comes out. And in Iger's book, he doesn't even mention Kennedy. And rumor is, out of Hollywood, that Kennedy's fucking livid, that he didn't talk about her, because that's how you can identify a shallow fucking person, is if some people aren't talking about you, you get fucking pissed. But that's besides the point. So all this is going on. This is our timeline so far. Now, around May the 4th this year, and by the way, did you know you can't say May the 4th be with you anymore? Was not aware of that. Disney fucking copyrighted it. Really? It will now have a fucking TM next to it or a copyright fucking uh, logo, 
right? Which I wonder if they can even get away with because it already was a uh, uh, like a saying in common usage. Yeah, it's in the public right? domain, isn't it? I mean, I mean, right. That would I mean, be my it assertion. Be like, We're an attorney. I am not. But I mean, right. I mean, that would almost be like the equivalent of um, um, copywriting. How are you doing this morning? Right. You know, copywriting. Good morning or good evening or uh, go fuck yourself. But um, so May the 4th happens. Oh, and man, if on I May the 4th, go fuck yourself. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a there's a lady on uh, YouTube. Her name's uh, Mecca Random 42. She <laughs> was was oh, she she has a little saying she does. She says, kiss my copyright. Um, anyway, so. During May the 4th, a couple interesting things happened, and they happen at the same time. One is former Harvey Weinstein uh, assistant uh, Leslie Headland is hired by uh, Kennedy to do a female-centric Star Wars series. A lot of people start getting pissy because she used to be fucking um, Weinstein's, you know, Weinstein's assistant. I keep getting him mixed up with there's a, there's a uh, college professor named Eric Weinstein. I always get those those pronunciations of the last name mixed up but anyway she was his fucking assistant for a goddamn year she knows where the bodies are buried and mm -hmm. while this is going on the taika waititi um news with him you know helming a uh, star wars movie or movies right. comes up and it kind of buries the leslie headland stuff all amidst all of this it has finally come to our attention that there very well may be a civil war at lucasfilm Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with a um, website known as Bounding Into Comics. Most most talking heads when it comes to Star Wars and geek culture in general go with Bounding Into Comics. They're, they're pretty goddamn good. But they did an article uh, by a guy named John F. Trent, and it's called Rumors, Civil War Brewing Inside Lucasfilm for Control Over Star Wars. And most folks are turning to this article uh, with, with the news of what's going on with the Civil War. So... It tells us, a new rumor details there is an internal power struggle happening at Lucasfilm over control of Star Wars and the franchise's creative direction. Feel free to jump in and cut me off and put your two cents in at any time during this. Okay. The rumor comes from WDW Pro on the WDW Magic forums. I don't know if you're familiar with WDW Pro. No, I'm not. WDW stands for Walt Disney World, and this cat has dropped rumors and leaks and stuff like that in the past, and all of them, if not 90% of them, have been dead-on balls accurate. So so this this dude is no slouch. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Though my cousin uh, Vinny reference with dead-on balls accurate. Dead-on ball. It's a technical time. It's anyway, a technical time. That's right. <laughs> yes. In a post titled, What to Watch Going Into the Earnings Report, dated Monday, May the 4th, WDW Pro primarily discusses the, the Disney parks and ideas that Disney has been tossing around on how they might be able to reopen amidst the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Okay. However, WDW Pro also details an internal power struggle over the control of Star Wars at Lucasfilms. WDW Pro begins... The ongoing battle over Lucasfilm's direction continues with Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau factions fighting over the studio. It's fairly well known at this point that the beef between Kennedy and Iger is real, given that Iger essentially ignored her in his memoirs. You know. Because if he's not talking about me, that's horrible. They continue. It's also hard to lose sight of how many projects Kennedy has seen fail at Lucasfilm. 
Star Wars Resistance, Star Wars Forces of Destiny, Star Wars Galaxy of Adventure, Solo, and the sequel trilogies falling in revenue with each release. While Favreau seemingly struck it out of the park with The Mandalorian, a series for Disney Plus that even Iger has given creative suggestions for and taking notes on each episode. (laughs) WDW Pro elaborated, Buried in the lead of Waititi directing a new Star Wars film, which Kennedy has no creative control over, was the confirmation of a female-centric Star Wars series being helmed by former Weinstein personal assistant Leslie Headland. That's a, a god-awful name. Sorry, Leslie. I know, right? And what, what's... Oh, the one thing that really turned me off about this this chick... Oh, I thought it was a guy. There's a video of her... No, it's a chick. Oh, I thought... Okay. That's, oh, that's a terrible really name for a man. <laughs> I just want to point that out. There it's, are men named Leslie. It's a female. I, okay. <laughs> there are. There are. See, I'm not gender biased. There's, there's a thing going around the internet right now. I think, I think it's called Face App. Have you heard of this thing? Sounds vaguely familiar. Where if you take a picture of yourself, it'll it'll uh, it'll turn you into the opposite sex. Okay. No. I'm... The ones that have really cracked me up have been um, somebody took Brie Larson as oh, uh, Captain okay, Marvel. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm and the 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 quote unquote male version that's supposed to turn her into look identical. <laughs> she looks the same in both pictures. That's sad. Same with Leslie Headland. The female Leslie Headland and the male Leslie Headland look the same. <laughs> so take that forever, uh, whichever way you want to take it. But um, what really struck me about her was it was at a uh, a premiere or something like that where. This chick literally begs Kathleen Kennedy for a job. And she's like, please, Queen Kathleen, I'll do anything to direct a Star Wars movie. What the piss? So anyway, um, WDW Pro then details that Lucasfilm is taking a page out of the Ghostbusters 2016 and Charlie Angel's playbook, and that anyone who criticizes their direction with the show will be deemed a misogynist. They explain, but be ready because it looks almost certain that the new narrative is being pushed by Kennedy loyalists in Lucasfilm. And that narrative is that Headland was only a personal assistant for one year and that being against her or her series is misogynistic, mean, and unfair. Hmm. WDW Pro notes, Disney at large doesn't want this conflict. Again, this is a conflict that Disney doesn't want They don't want conflict over a hire that lavishly praised Weinstein, then deleted hundreds of tweets at the same time as a leak about her project, and that she may know dirt on Iger and Eisner. Okay, now the plot thickens a little bit. Now it makes a little more sense why she's being uh, hired by Kennedy. Are you familiar with what's been going on with Iger and Eisner? And Weinstein? No, not at all. Not at all. So I don't know the particulars. I don't know the names. I don't know who the person is that's that's, that's throwing out the. Or I don't. I don't have them in front of me. Um, they're throwing out the allegations. But somebody who's involved with the Weinstein litigation has also mentioned Bob Iger and Eisner involved in all this somehow. Okay. All right. And then Kennedy, who it seems that Iger has been kind of pumping her brakes as much as he can. Now she has somebody who has who knows where Harvey Weinstein buried the bodies on her side. And that makes that hire look a little bit fishy. Does that make sense? Sure, it does. So if Bob Iger is doing something crazy, uh, Leslie Headland's the one that has the dirt on it. And we all know already 
that Kathleen Kennedy is not above corruption, nepotism, and the like. Uh, I'll leave a link to uh, my story on that one in the uh, appropriate area. But anyway, okay, while WDW Pro believes there is a storm brewing at Lucasfilm, they do indicate that Kennedy is well positioned to outlast it, as she's done time and time again. With all that said, Kennedy has essentially gotten her way time after time, outplaying Iger, even if she has been hammered by segments of the fans, mostly by hiring and developing strong, a strong loyalty within her brand. Uh, Clownfish TV, I don't know if you're familiar with them, Clownfish TV covered the rumor with geeky sparkles, uh, ripping into Kennedy Loyalist's alleged playbook of describing those who dare criticize Hedlund and her upcoming series as misogynistic. Geeky Sparkles stated, now they have written down here what Geeky Sparkles said, but reading it doesn't do it any uh, any justice. So I'm going to I'm going to play it and okay. just let you hear for yourself because this is goddamn golden. But he said that he's concerned because he said, be ready. It looks almost certain that there is a new narrative being pushed by Kennedy loyalists at Lucasfilm. There's a civil war. There's a period of civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, nice Easter egg. The narrative is that Hedlund was only a person assistant <laughs> for one year. Yeah, we've already been seeing that in articles. So it looks like the rabbit hole might go a little deeper. People are worried about that. Disney's worried about that. So there might be some kind of a legal battle going on now. There's clearly a power struggle. Who knows how this is going to end? Well, I think it's interesting that the narrative they're going to say is, well, everybody against her, again, is misogynistic, mean, and unfair. You know what? I'm going to rant for a minute. You can take your misogyny and stick it up your ass because I am fucking tired. Sorry, Mom. Okay, don't. Everybody turn around. If I don't like your bullshit narrative shoved down you know, my throat or up my ass like an enema, I am some kind of misogynistic, you know, unfair, racist, sexist jerk. You know what? That is childish that is lazy that is cowardly because all you're doing is you're taking people that are already marginalized and you're using them as damn shields people are mad because she was a shitty choice she was you know proven to have an agenda said really crappy things on twitter that she deleted kathleen kennedy has completely fucked up star wars beyond belief there was no plan never a plan she's always like you know i don't understand how a woman stole the job mm-hmm. frankly i really don't because if anybody can pinpoint to one person who messed it up it's her that's, you know, apparently vlogs didn't even know she was doing this. So, you know, don't you dare sit there and say, it's misogynistic, mean, and unfair, because I'm a woman, and I think it's a lot of crap. And you're not going to sit here and tell me again how I'm going to internalize misogynist because of your PR spin. You know, there's a lot of women, and they're just sick and tired of hearing it. Star Wars fans have been women for years. It wasn't a recent thing that women have become Star Wars fans. Then there have been strong female women in Star Wars since the beginning. Strong female women? That's right. All true. On that. So, middle finger to you. <laughs> you better not spin this new thing as if you don't agree with misogynistic, mean, unfair. Again, oh, look how creative and original you are. Sorry, but I'm sick of it. As a woman, I am so sick of being used as a shield and then being told well, I'm allowed to have an opinion other than what opinion they tell me I should have. I fucking love her. <laughs> Who is it? Her name's Geeky Sparkle. Oh, right? God, and just... she fucking tells it like it is and you can fucking eat her ass if you don't like it man i, I thought you were I, I thought she had named herself after uh robin's character and from how i met your mother when she was in the canadian ro- singing band that was robin Sparkle, I, that so. i don't know uh well yeah, anyway no. yeah, that, that <laughs> very funny no it's very funny uh but <laughs> somebody will laugh she's not wrong Right and oh shit, the next like three or four article, three or four paragraphs on this is everything that she just said. 
anyway, it goes on. Uh, criticism of Hedlund as showrunner for the series has already been rebuffed by the likes of people like John Campia, which we all know how much weight his fucking opinion has. <laughs> Towards the end of April, Campia responded to the then rumors of Hedlund taking over the show, calling her critics man babies in an obvious reference to Ryan Johnson. He stated, now listen, listen, I can already hear the man babies crying about why is it female centric? There's an agenda. Let's just put that to bed and not touch on this again, shall we? They've already gone there. Uh, they've already got three other series that are all male led. And he added, "That means right now, if you if this comes out and it's only uh, four shows, that's 75% of them male lead. Uh, they got one that's going to happen to be female. Uh, ugh, excuse me." They got one that's going to happen to be a female lead. And there's a big giveaway right there because, uh, as George Carlin uh, rightly told us, whenever you hear the term happens to be, that's the left's version of racism right there. Right? I have a friend who happens to be black. Um, anyway, fucking John Campia can't talk because this shit's fucking, it reads like stereo instructions. That means right now, if this comes out and it's only four shows, that 75% of them male-led. They got one that's going to happen to be a female-led one. Deal with it and just move on. Can we move on from that? Thank you. Go fuck yourself, John. However, Campia's co-host, Aaron Cummings, would rebuff him and break down why the criticism was valid and why she had issue with how the rumor was circulated. It would not surprise me in the least if Lucasfilm and Kennedy Loyalists do attempt this strategy to deflect criticism of he the Headland series. Uh, we've seen it play out throughout Hollywood. As I previously mentioned, Ghostbusters 2016 used it. Most recently, we saw it deployed with Terminator Dark Fate and Charlie's Angels. That's him going back to the whole, you know, if you don't like it, it's misogyny. You don't like strong women characters. But then again... Wow. Many critics didn't like Dark Fate. I, I liked it. I, I don't know it. why. Maybe it was because I was maybe I was so excited to see Sarah Connor back on the film again. I have not seen the that. Films and check it out. I, I liked it. I, I thought it was. I didn't think they did her wrong. I think they did Arnold wrong in that one, but I don't think they did her wrong. Uh, the films and studios that deploy this strategy don't tend to succeed. So that is a very interesting thing to look out for. You'll notice that um, every movie that you have them attacking the fan base, calling them misogynist for uh, not buying into their f their strong female lead. You'll notice that the f strong female lead is poorly written. You'll find out that the movie's fucking trash. And if this is happening to all of them, then maybe the problem is not the fan base. Maybe the problem is the fucking movie. But they're not going to see that. Anyway, moving. This is almost done. Uh, Star Wars is already hurting with the absolutely horrible Disney sequel series and how it treated many of the iconic Star Wars characters. In fact, the failure of the sequel trilogy, and more specifically, The Least Jedi, already created a box office bomb in Solo. The Star Wars brand is bleeding fans, and that's true. The, uh, the old fans, like us, have pretty much turned their back on anything Disney's going to put out. And the the, uh, the 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 group that they decided to pander to uh, is gone. They're not into Star Wars anymore. They're not going to stick with Star Wars through the thick and thin. They're going to fucking walk away once they get bored. And guess what? They've walked. There's only so much it can take before it is broken, like Batman back after conf <laughs> like Batman's back after confronting Bane. So I have always had a problem with the 
mentality. Well, now let me let me rephrase that. I don't have anything against strong female leads. The Terminator series is built on a strong female lead, Sarah Connor. I mean, if you, I forget who said it, but somebody but, somebody pointed out that we've always had strong female leads in the realm of sci-fi fantasy. Uh, for example, like you said, Sarah Connor. Another one is Ellen Ripley. We had those. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, once they pulled those females out of the, the both of those series, once you've pulled that, that character out of those series, they went... All the Aliens versus Predator movies, nobody fucking gives a shit about them because we care about Ellen Ripley, not the fucking alien. Right. Okay? Nobody cares about fucking... uh, uh, Now, it it hurts me to say I I love fucking Khaleesi, right? But nobody cares about her fucking Sarah Connor. We care about uh, Linda Hamilton, right? We want that fucking Sarah Connor. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, that's all. And I think I might have made this point to you in private before, but... I don't have a problem with strong female characters or lead characters. I don't have a problem with LGBTQ. I don't have a problem with any of that. Where I draw the line is taking design and write your own movies and shows and based on these characters. Stop trying to push an agenda on the beloved classics that are, you know, I don't know if I'm phrasing this correctly. Princess Leia is a strong female lead. Is she the star of the show? Not. I mean, I guess you, at some points you can make that argument. But I'd say there's three stars of that show. I mean, I know yeah. that the uh, I know that the you know Luke is is the primary protagonist, but I I think she shares in it as much as he. I mean, they're twins for God's sake. Right. I think that if Lucas was going to expand on those original uh, three when he made them, then it would branch off to be Luke and Leia's story, right? And if you look at the the books that Lucas co-signed. It was, to some extent, Luke and Leia's story. I mean, it's the Skywalker fucking saga, and she's as much a fucking Skywalker as he is. No, I, I just think like that... that uh, write your own material. Don't try to change something that's been there into something that it was never meant to be. I'll support it 110,000%. If you write, you know, strong female leads, LGBTQ, it's just, I don't know, it seems just like sacrilege. And I don't want to be one of those crying man babies over it, but I guess maybe it, I have to embrace that a bit. Yeah, that but. YouTuber I was telling you about, uh, Mecca Random, I, I forget her exact words, but she basically calls it property flipping, right? That that's what Hollywood has become now. It's all property flipping. They're not coming up with their own ideas. They're taking ideas that are already there, flipping it into something new to turn a quick fucking buck and then on to the next property to flip. Yeah. You've already seen that that is J.J. Abrams' uh, M.O. I don't know if you ever saw him on uh, Jon Stewart when oh, the great Jon Stewart was still uh, still on and kicking. Did you happen to see that one, that interview? I don't think so. I never really paid much attention uh, to J.J. Abrams. Oh, my God, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play it, and it falls within fair use because we're going to be talking over it and, and adding commentary. But let me find it. It's, 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 it was right after he did Star Trek. Okay. Damn near almost ruined my Star Trek for me too. My God. What's next? And this is this is goddamn beautiful. This is why I, oh, I fucking miss John Stewart. It, it, when I was a kid, I never liked Star Trek. When I was a kid, growing up, I always thought it was honestly I couldn't get into it. My friends loved it, and I would like try and I'd watch episodes, but it, it always felt too philosophical for me. And we tried to like some of the writers love Star Trek. I was not really a fan. My producing partner never saw it. Right. So when we were all happy, it felt like that was the way to go. And this movie we, that we did, the goal was to make a movie for moviegoers. That's the main problem right there. Right. So if you've never seen Star Trek before, you can see this movie. 
if you have seen it. I mean, the interesting, thing, like, the, the interesting thing to me was I stopped listening to you when you said you didn't like Star Trek. <laughs> 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 Thank you, John Stewart. I know yes. what happened because I saw your mouth was moving after that. <laughs> so I'm assuming you apologized. <laughs> Who would the, the, the say best that? Thing there, the best thing there is that JJ thought he was in friendly waters. Right? Of course. And the fucking Japanese just shoved two chitons up his fucking ass. Uh, anyway, that's it right there. Right, JJ is an asset flipper. Mm -hmm. That's what he's—he's he's the Mitt Romney of Hollywood, right? He comes in, he fucking bane capitals your fucking IP, and then he—he he sucks everything he fucking can out of it, and then leaves it in the goddamn gutter. IPs like Star Trek, like Star Wars, like Terminator to an extent, to Superman movies. Right? They—you have to—you have to love them to make them. I think right. You you need to be a fan of these properties in order to actually make it work. Now, what JJ said here actually opened up my eyes about a lot of things because I love the new Star Treks, all of them. I I, oh. I like Picard. I like I haven't watched Discovery, so that man I don't like it that much. I liked Picard. I like the new JJ Abrams Star Trek, but you heard what he said there. It was made for people who aren't Star Wars Star Trek fans. And I'm not right. a Star Trek fan. I don't like Star Trek. So I love these ones. They're really up my alley. But I understand why Star Trek fans hate it because he did the same fucking thing to Star Wars, which I absolutely fucking love. And he made it for the non-Star Wars fans because he's not even a fucking Star Wars fan. I don't care how much he fucking likes to claim he is. He's a fucking fake. These movies have no heart. I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line. I didn't... I didn't dislike them. I think the second one was, uh, God, that was, I don't think that one was good at all. I don't, too much CGI. They opened the courtroom scene with the fucking, I don't know, those creatures. I, I don't I, get it. The, the second one in, was Into the Darkness or something like that? Into Darkness, yeah. Yeah, that's where they, they bring they bring out um, Khan, right? And uh, I forget who it was that, that said it, but they, had, they said that um, there's no buildup on Khan. That's how you can tell that using him in that movie was just to fucking kiss the ass of the existing fan base. Because Star Trek fans will know who the fuck Khan is. You don't have to goddamn explain it. But what about people who don't like Star Trek? They're going to be like, oh, con, uh, con. So what? Why is he screaming con? Right. What does this have to, what? I, I don't get it. You can totally tell that that's just fucking fan service. Member berries, as some like to call it. See, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Favreau and his uh, sidekick, Dave Filoni, actually come out on top of this fucking thing and they take over goddamn Star Wars. Because you can tell by watching The Mandalorian that when you have somebody that loves the the product that they're they're creating you can see it in the goddamn movie i agree i also think that even especially after watching that last episode of the behind the scenes that they do i i don't want to see them mush it up to the point where they start dragging in such obscure references they already did with the what's the name of those stupid two-legged beasts that the ugnot rides that they got from well i guess they were in the cartoon uh, Clone Wars, and they've yeah, been. Yeah, I've. I've. The hell are they I called? forget what they're called. Terrible Star Wars fan. I'm sorry, but that's just not that type of yeah. stuff. Not up my alley. I remember all the original yeah, paid, stuff to a T, but I paid more attention to the speaking alien species than I do the things that they ride. 
Yeah, I mean, I had the same right, problem like, dude, with I, the giant lizard that Obi-Wan Kenobi I, rode in fucking Clone Wars. I didn't know that a Rancor was called a Rancor until I was an adult. Really? <laughs> okay, because that, okay. that, that, yeah, that didn't really, that really didn't register on my radar. I was more, you know, more focused on, dude, Boba Fett didn't even register on my radar until I was an adult. Right wow. to me, he was just some side fucking. He never fucking interested me. All I knew is that he took fucking Han Solo and fucking in his ship and fuck you and I don't like you and I don't want to know you. I, I was never interested in Boba Fett. Luke Skywalker was the one I I Luke Skywalker and Han were my two fucking guys. The first woman I ever fell in love with, Carrie Fisher. But did you see Dave Filoni recently pissed off? A lot of the fan base. I did not, but that's kind of where I was going with the they're they're gonna put too much in there and and mush it up to the point where it it obscures the the true soul of the sh- of the material. Anyway, please continue. Dave Filoni was doing a talk with a group called the National Center for Women and Information Technology, and he said a few things that rubs a few people the wrong way. I'm gonna play it real quick and see what you think about it even ever have in canon the idea that he had an apprentice, uh, let alone that it would be a girl. I didn't care. I thought that's a great idea because I didn't want to just make Luke Skywalker again. I wanted a character that had different challenges and could have uh, a different story than Luke. Um, but, you know, and for George it wasn't. I mean, obviously it was his idea. Uh, for fans, this was a very different idea. Uh, the general public as a whole are going to look at that and say, why? And we just created this character. And there was this, this funny assumption by a lot of people uh, you know, because older fans are complaining, why is this? And you're making it for kids. That's the funniest thing anybody ever says to me. You're making Star Wars for kids. I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> How old were you when you saw Star Wars? And they're, oh, the first time I saw Star Wars, I was seven years old, and my dad took me, and I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> and you want to rob this experience from kids today, why? And make it all dark and sinister and evil? Okay, okay. Anyway. So, um, my uh, uh, complaint that Star Wars was not made for children, I think, is put to bed there. Um, he's got a point, and I yield to his uh, Buddha wisdom, and uh, I'll go on uh, from there. But <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, back to Ahsoka. There's this assumption that um, young girls were going to like the character of Ahsoka. We relate that, right? Apples to apples. Of course, we make a young girl character, uh, so all the young girls will like Ahsoka. It's almost to say, like, but what about the boys? You know, this absurd notion. So what we found was this amazing thing. It will shock none of you. Uh, that when you create a strong, independent, intelligent character that shows no fear, that can do amazing things, boys and girls like her. And he's absolutely right there, but he missed one quality. What's that? Three-dimensional. It's absolutely true. If you have a strong, good character, it doesn't matter whether they're male or female, boys and girls will like them as long as they're good, strong, and amazing, and three-dimensional. If they're one-dimensional, like <laughs> Mary Ray Sue, um, people aren't going to give a fuck about that character. But continuing. This is what we tried to do with the Star Wars saga. Now We've tried to create more female characters can represent so many things because what we're trying to do isn't just create uh, one type of character. We're trying to create a diverse range of characters, uh, especially female characters that are strong, that are independent. Uh, when you look at Rey uh, you know, on The Force Awakens, she's a female lead in a whole new chapter of the Star Wars saga. We haven't done a movie for 10 years, and here comes a Star Wars film, and here comes Rey. And it's, what is it? Is it Panic in the Streets? 
oh my gosh, a female lead in a Star Wars movie. And then the trailer for Rogue One comes out, and it's another female lead. Oh my gosh, how unfair. We've had probably like two million straight film cinematic roles where men have been leads, and now we've done two in a row that are women. Uh, well, too bad. Now, here's my problem with his framing of that whole scenario. I agree with you if there was this huge outcry just by watching the trailers that, oh my God, there's a female lead. This fucking sucks for uh, Force Awakens. And then, oh my God, there's a female lead. This fucking sucks when it was Rogue One. But I don't recall anybody doing that based on the trailers alone. I do know what happening after the movie came out and we saw these characters were shit. I don't either. I, I personally, uh, the more I watch The Force Awakens, the more it reminds me of the original trilogy. I like it tremendously. Rogue One as well is pretty damn good. And I don't remember anybody having an issue with the main uh, female character. I don't recall hearing that at all. And I, that's not to say that some of the fandom wasn't upset, or I guess maybe I was just kind of in a microcosm of my own. I don't remember any of that. Especially not at, at trailer stage. No. Right? After everything came out and we saw that these characters are like, they're, they're fucking milk toast. I don't care about them. I don't care about Jyn Erso. I don't care about Rey. I like The Force Awakens, too, because when you watch it, you, can, you, you see that they're setting the stage for something. I was okay with it being a carbon copy of, of Episode 4. I was okay with it, because we got to start somewhere. Let's lay a base that everybody will enjoy, mm-hmm. right? And you even saw that afterwards with the, with the old fans. They were like, Fine, yeah, I see that it, is, um, that it is a new hope, but... Okay, let's move on from here. We'll we'll give you this benefit of the doubt because we like what we see. Let's go from there, right? And then they fucked it. But uh, anyway, back to Dave. Oh well, <laughs> maybe there are more coming. I don't know. This is this idea that like, and I run into this sometimes uh, when working with writers. It's like, well, we just made one of those. Made one of what? We just made a female lead. Uh huh. We can make another one. Really? Yes, we can. There's more than one woman in the world. There's more than one woman here in the world. Why is that so strange? If we made like five men heroes in a row, no one would blink. You know, Ray, she impresses Han Solo. He's like the guy's guy, impresses him, impresses everybody in the audience. She goes up with Kylo Ren. She punks him right away. Like he's supposed to be this great guy, wiped all these people. I don't know. She took that lightsaber and was like, I'm going to take you out. And she did. And I'm all for it. And she looks strong. It's not that she doesn't show any fear. She looks like this is an intense moment in her life, and we're there with her because of that, because she's a real feeling dimensional person. That's what we want, a real feeling dimensional person. Uh, we are trying to create an environment where it's my hope uh, that kind of just like Luke, all he did was open that door, right? He just opened that door, let Leia out, and she's went gangbusters. So I just want to be a part at Lucasfilm of opening this door uh, to a new generation of filmmakers, of women that come into Lucasfilm and can be creative. It's a, it's a strong future for Star Wars, uh, our, our, our force uh, for women characters, strong women characters, uh, intelligent women characters, characters of all description. Uh, it won't just stop with two movies. It's something we're dedicated to uh, for the foreseeable future because they're just great characters. Thank you so much. So a lot of people took exception to that, right? I can and see why. I can see why, too, because it sounds way too close to the Kennedy narrative. Now... I really don't know what to think because 
maybe he's playing the game. You know what I mean? He works for Kathleen Kennedy. Maybe, hopefully, he and Favreau are staging a coup, and he's just working the environment until the you know the time is right to strike. Overall, I don't see much of a. I don't have much of a problem with with things that he said. However, he he, he just framed it wrong. I don't know. Once again, why didn't they just? They've got the licensing for all of this. Why didn't they just finish this? Basically, the Skywalker saga without introducing a new Skywalker that had to be a woman. Finish it out. Finish up Han Solo's journey. Finish up uh, Luke's journey. Finish up Leia's journey, and not including these new characters. Then you've got the licensing to create an entirely new storyline with these new characters. It just—it feels like they piggybacked, and and I get that the films have used piggyback <clears throat> characters from the beginning. The story, I, I get that, but does that make any sense? Yeah, maybe even like, do it. It does. It does. Or maybe even make a like a Guy Ritchie style of doing movies. You know what I mean? Where you have Luke, Leia, and Han doing this while you've got the other folks doing that. And all throughout the movie, they're unrelated. But as the movie, or even as the trilogy goes on, you notice that, that all of their, their plots are, are getting closer and their plot lines are getting closer and closer and closer until by the end of everything, they're all fucking overlapped and inter- intertangled and they're all related to each other that they didn't know about it throughout the whole fucking series. No, that absolutely makes sense. I mean, I would make an argument that the storyline could have been much better served by uh, continuing with Leia as the strong female lead and focusing on... Luke training her in the Jedi arts after Empire Strikes Back and, and somehow ending it that way instead of introducing... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating. Well, not necessarily after, not after Empire, but definitely after uh, right, uh, uh, Revenge. Return, that's, Return that's she finds out. My brain goes uh, a thousand miles an hour when I'm frustrated and, and I can't get out precisely what I want to say sometimes. You and me both, brother. You know who did a really good job at, at, make, at doing that uh, passing the torch on to the next generation movie? That. Fucking Stallone. If you want to find out how to pass the torch on to a new generation, Creed and Creed watch two. Creed and Creed 2. Creed 2 was fantastic. Because I just watched that, it last week. That is how you fucking do it. Yeah. Right now, that's Michael B. Jordan, right? Yeah. Right now, he has the keys to the fucking Rocky fucking, what is it, sextology? Mm-hmm. All those fucking Rocky movies. They're now in his fucking hands. All of it. It's now... Creed Jr.'s fucking story. Rocky is gone. Stallone is gone. That is how you fucking hand shit over to a new generation. Learn something from the fucking Dago down the street. And I'm Italian, so I can say that. Why in the fuck do they not give that franchise shit for not having, or any other franchise, why is it Star Wars? Why does that have to be the, the scapegoat, so to speak? Well, it's, it's the same reason why Rocky fights. I'm sorry, same reason what? Why they don't give him any shit for it? It's the same reason why Rocky fights. It's because he can't sing a dance. Hey, yo. Uh, oh, I, I was like, I am not following Wex. I fucking... I, <laughs> I was like, where the I fuck are you going with it? Okay. And what's even funnier, is are you familiar with the movie Annihilation? I'm not sure. Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman. Oh, I just started watching that the other day. It's all women in that fucking movie. Mm. Annihilation didn't broadcast, oh, we have an all-female cast. They didn't, uh, we're empowering women. Feminism, feminism, feminism. They didn't do all that shit. They just mm. made a fucking movie that ends up, it's all women in the fucking cast. And guess what? 
fucking good. Yeah. And you don't hear anybody complaining about it being an all-female cast, and you damn sure don't hear the fucking feminazis trumpeting this fucking movie because they didn't make it, right? And they need to be fucking trumpeting it because it's their goddamn fucking moist pussy wet dream. <laughs> it's an all-female fucking cast, and it's great. And nobody says anything fucking bad about the all-female fucking cast. Yeah, I'm going to leave that comment alone, Mike. <laughs> I'll take the heat. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, I don't see it. Now, maybe the, the vehicle that Star Wars is... It's a better vehicle for bringing about this message than Rocky is. I, I Granted, I can see that. But does it need to be... Uh, I don't want to misspeak here because I, there's a lot of work that needs to be done with the fucking empowerment of women. There is. And, you know, maybe Hollywood hasn't put enough money into female-based storylines over the years or, or whatever the heck you want to call it. You know, we got a lot of work to do in that area. We do. I agree. I'm all for political messages in art, right? Because it's, right. it's like with the movie Anonymous. Put in. I don't know if you ever saw that, but, it, but you need to. Anonymous. The premise of the movie is that what if Shakespeare didn't write all of his plays? And it's based oh, yes, on that I've theory that. that a guy named Edward de Vere yes, was really the one that. who wrote all of his all of Shakespeare's plays. But there's one scene mm -hmm. where the guy playing Edward de Vere is uh, he's he's talking to a guy that he's going to use as his front man to put his... Uh, his name is Ben Johnson, who was also mm -hmm. a famous playwright at the time of Shakespeare. And an, another person that uh, a lot of people have hypothesized that really wrote Shakespeare's plays. But he's, he's using Ben Johnson to put his stuff into mainstream circulation. And he's, he's telling him... He's talking to him, and, and, and Ben Johnson's like, oh, sir, my, uh, the, the, the things, my plays are not political. And he's like, you're an artist, aren't you? And he's like, uh, yes. And he's like, and all art is political, and all artists have something to say. If you didn't, you would make shoes, and you're not a cobbler, are you, Mr. Johnson? <laughs> right? So all art is political, and all artists have something to say. But there's a right way to do shit, and there's a wrong way to do shit. And you'll find out that naturally doing something works the best. Case in point, did you know that Professor X is Martin Luther King and Magneto is Malcolm X? That is a new one on me, I, I have to tell you. Stan Lee admitted it, that when they created it, they specifically created it to be Martin and Malcolm. Mm. I mean, it's interesting. And I guess I like what? If you pay attention to the messages, you will see that Professor X's stance is identical to Martin Luther King's way of doing things for African-American rights. And Magneto's way of doing things is identical to Malcolm X's way of doing things for black folks. Yeah, I, I would say that that's pretty accurate. But we had to hypothesize about this since the 1960s. Oh, maybe that's who these people are. Maybe that's who these people are. And all of the evidence was there for you to see it. Stan Lee didn't have to go around fucking... Uh, um, virtue signaling. Hey, you know, uh, Professor X is really is really Martin Luther King. See, look, I'm down with the blacks, so you can love me now. It right, was a natural right. thing, and it works, and it's beautiful, and we fucking love him for that. But when you're doing it to get a pat on your fucking head, it becomes obviously noticeable, it becomes stupid, and it loses its impact, and it turns people the fuck off. And it hurts the people you're trying to empower. If you really pay attention to what's going on, every time Disney has put a minority into circulation in Star Wars, in any of their fucking movies, they perpetuate the fucking stereotypes. Case in point, we've got Finn, a stormtrooper turned good. We've never seen that before. That's goddamn genius 
It's that a was wonderful Brian. fucking storyline. But what does he turn out to be? The fucking janitor. He's second Yikes. fiddle running around with the stereotypical agent engineer. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> Man. Uh, by Rise of Skywalker, he's riding the fucking pine. You just fucked up your black character. Not to mention the fact that you shrunk him down to the size of a fucking thumb on your Chinese posters because you won't stick up for your goddamn black employees like you say you did during these fucking riots. You've got fucking Rose, stereotypical Asian engineer that knows all the technical shit, really playing that Asian goddamn stereotype, aren't you, Disney? But we empower women and we empower minorities. No, you don't. You fucked them up. You had, uh, you had Lando Calrissian. Dude's so cool that he's fucking where the Millennium Falcon comes from. He flies it like a fucking monster himself. He's just fucking pimp daddy smooth. We fucking love Lando Calrissian. And Disney turns him into a fucking pervert. Walking around <laughs> sticking his dick in fucking robots and shit. Which gives you a whole new outlook on Lobot, by the way. They make him a fucking sexual deviant. What the fuck, man? That's really how you empower black people, isn't it, Disney? That's something I have never... Th I never even considered and that. The only, and the only people they've empowered and, and taken to a newer level has been... <laughs> white women! Oh, white woman in charge. White women are the fucking the powerhouse in, in Disney Star Wars. Oh, raise, no. Raise a Karen? Projection. Oh, no. I don't, no. I <laughs> yeah, raise a total fucking Karen. But... The news isn't all that bad, Phoenix. Are you familiar with a guy named Victor Van Doomcock? Van what? <laughs> like Doom Van Doomcock? Like, like stupid in German? No, like Doom and cock. Like dick. Oh, right? Doom or, or, or male. Oh. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that name. Uh, he's, a, he's a YouTuber, and... Dude, his his reach into into Hollywood and nerd culture is so long. He's got mainstream motherfuckers uh, quoting him and shit like. I, I, I want to say it was. I don't think it, it might have been Variety. I can't remember, but somebody somebody mainstream. I know that they were they they said according to Victor von Doomcock, and then it had the uh, uh, um, parentheses afterwards. It says, "Yeah, we're sorry for printing that." <laughs> but anyway, this dude just doesn't pull shit out of his ass. He, he's got some, some gravitas. He knows what he's talking about. So he had brought up a conversation Ooh. he had had with his source, right, that's inside of this whole, whole debacle in, in Lucasfilm, and having a conversation with him about the sorry state of Star Wars and the way things are going. The one source had mentioned that all hope is not lost. Lucasfilm still has a way out. There's always the veil. And he was saying it got lost during that, that conversation because nobody recognized what they're talking about, the veil. It didn't make any fucking sense. What the hell is he talking about? Nobody's ever heard about this until recently. And then further discussion with these sources and then that source having conversations with his sources and blah, 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 blah. He said that there's sort of a, a reset button for Lucasfilm. And finally, Doomcock's source was, was saying, all right, what, what's, what reset button do they have? in Star Wars, and that person's source said, The Veil. So this guy pressed him, or gal pressed him, this source pressed him. All right, what is The Veil? And The Veil is The Veil of the Force. Did you watch Rebels? No, I picked, I'm going to pick it up this week, actually. That's, you know me, it took me forever to watch The Clone Wars, and uh, I'm still not a huge fan of The Clone Wars, but I like it. Uh, so I will get to Rebels, right, right. but no. Do you, do you care if I spoil it at all? No, no, you can't spoil anything for me, man. I'm always one of those people. I can uh, awesome. I like things for myself. I figure it out for myself. So I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the fight between Ahsoka and Vader, right? 
I've heard of that in Rebels, right? Is that Yeah, it's in Rebels. So at the very end of that episode, they're leaving with Ahsoka fighting Vader as this this temple's coming down around them and you lose sight of them and you don't see anything. You you don't we don't know how it ends. All right. But at the very, very, very end of the show, you see what looks like a force ghost in the shape of Ahsoka going into the temple. Okay. So we're all pretty sure that Ahsoka died in the fight with Vader. And she did. Vader killed her. Fast forward to one of the later seasons of Rebels, and the main protagonist, Ezra Bridger, comes in contact with the Veil of the Force. And what the Veil of the Force is, it's where all things are totally connected. It's where the the, the force, the, the living force is connected. It's where all of time and space, everything intersects into this thing called the Veil of the Force. In short, it's time travel. Okay, right. It's everything that has happened is, is seen through the veil of the force. Everything that will happen, all the different uh, dimensions. It's basically Doctor Strange in Star Wars, if you think about it mm-hmm. that way. So in the episode, Ezra sees the fight between Vader and Ahsoka. And right when Vader's about to strike her down, he reaches in, grabs her, and pulls her out. That's how Ahsoka is going to be in The Mandalorian in this upcoming season. When we're, we all know that she died in fucking Rebels. So now, the rumor is, and Doomcock reports, that there's already a plan in place that if and when the favreau Filoni or Filoni faction or whatever, um, they also mentioned that there's, there's really three different factions in Star Wars. There's the Kennedy SJW fucking left-wing nutjobs, left-side-of-the-bed fucking uh, nutcases, which I probably shouldn't say too much because I sleep on the left side of the bed. But anyway... You've got that faction. You've got the what they call the Lucasfilm purists, and I interpret that to be the the people who've been there since the beginning, and the people that just want it to go back to the way it fucking was, and let's just let's just do things the 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 Lucasfilm way. And you've got the Favreau slash Filoni faction, as it's come to be called, whether it is or not, who knows? But there's definitely a Favreau faction. Whether the Lucasfilm purist and Favreau faction are working together. Who knows? But they definitely hate the fucking Kennedy faction. Anyway, the story is that there is a plan in place that if they are successful and take the brand back and get the Kennedy faction fucking out of there, they can fix all of this by using the Veil of the Force. All right? And that would be you could turn Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and fucking Rise of Skywalker all to be one storyline that never was by changing it through the veil of the force if that makes sense at all it makes sense uh, a, a buddy of mine fucking he hates time travel in anything because it's just an excuse <laughs> to be able to fix shit that yeah so i i get it so i i can already see the the proponents of that opponents rather uh of that happening well, what i like about that is it's 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 very fucking shakespearean Right, because Rebels is Disney Lucasfilm. These folks are going to use Disney Lucasfilm's creation to undo Disney Lucasfilm's creation. And I hope to fucking God that's the way it's going to play out. Because that's going to be goddamn beautiful. Still, you're right. Time travel is the, the, the ultimate equalizer for shitty fucking storytelling. Unless you get creative, like Back to the Future. You One of my personal favorites. Time travel. Star Trek First Contact. If you can get that creative with time travel, sure. Let, let's play with it. If it gets rid of Mary Ray fucking Sue's storyline, bring it on. Right? 
I mean, if you can actually write her good, I'll keep her. If you can rewrite fucking uh, 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 Jen Erso too, I'll keep her. You just made their fucking characters poor. I got no problem with Kelly Marie Tran either. I got a problem with Rose Tico. This is a shitty fucking character. Fix your fucking shit. I don't have a problem with... I, I don't care about Rose Tico, I guess, is my problem with her as far as the character goes. But the other two, I don't have a problem with their characters even at all. I, it's the shitty writing of those characters, like you said. That is the problem with them. I mean, you can, you can red-letter media the shit out of those fuckers by playing their game. You can tell how well a character is written by how well you can uh, describe them without using how they look or their job, right? And the, the, the more you can uh, tell me about that character, the, the better written it is. So, for example, if I said, tell me what kind of person Luke Skywalker is, what could you tell me? What can I tell you about Luke Skywalker? What kind of person is he? Like, if I was, a, if I was a, uh, 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 an interviewer and I was saying, hey, this is uh, Mr. So-and-so, and, and uh, Mr. Luke Skywalker puts you down as a reference, uh, what can you tell me about him? What would you say? I mean, Luke's a dreamer, right? He's, he is. He's uh, flawed, like a lot of us. He's innocent, almost to his own detriment. And, you know, he's uh, a bit naive. I think we definitely see that with his, not so much when he leaves with Obi-Wan from Tatooine. He's basically forced into that. You know, the universe is giving him what he's always wanted, so to speak. But more so mm -hmm. when we get to uh, him on Dagobah, I think he's, a, he's really naive. And uh, I love that story arc. His story arc's always yep. been one of my favorites. So I hope everything's going to just lay down for him. Yeah. Yeah. Thinks yeah. Everything is just going to lay down for him. And oh, shit just got hard. No. Try not. Do or do not. There is right. no try. <laughs> if you can tell me what kind of person that Rose Tico is, then you're golden. I think she's a, I think she's a pleaser. I think she's not in a bad way. Because I, I guess that sounds kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's so, such a simple word. She's got guts. I think she does. I think she's very, uh, God damn it, what is the fucking word I'm looking for? She's, she's a bit brave. I think she's caring, and I think that comes through in her character. I, I, and again, I don't mind her character even so much as the situations that they put her in with the writing. That is definitely true. Still, you said she was caring, brave, and a pleaser. Well, I mean, I think she wants... You had, you had like she, four, you had 14 other qualities for Luke. See the level of, uh, of I mean, depth to their characters? I, you know, and again, I don't know if that is so much that I just grew up with Luke and she's new to me and I haven't had the time to decipher that or if I don't care enough about her character to want to add anymore. I don't know. Or is it because I'm a man and I want... You know, strong male leads. I don't know. Somebody would probably say that. I, I don't feel that way. Could but. be. It just definitely goes to show that there's there's a lot of complexity to this. Sure. Right? It's not just a, well, we give you a strong female lead and you should be happy. No, 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 no. There's a thousand different aspects that go into this thing, and you've got to address them all. You can't just just put a spin on this aspect and there, everything's cool. No, there's a lot more to it. Like a professor I had in college used to say all the time, Whenever somebody tells you that they have the answer, you run for your fucking life because that person is dangerous. 
There is no the answer. There are answers, especially when it comes to humanity and the human condition. It's answers. There is no answer. If you're around Kathleen Kennedy, run for your fucking life. All right? Because that woman is dangerous. Because this is a woman that claims to have the answer. And she doesn't have the fucking answer. Run for your fucking life. There is no answer. There's a thousand different elements that go together to influence any situation when it comes to the human condition. So any person that tells you they have the answer, they don't. They're a fucking tyrant that wants to take power. They don't have the fucking answer. Run for your fucking life. I guess that's why I really like the idea of the force veil. I had never heard that before. My personal theory about life and all that isn't very in-depth or anything. I just think what we're here for and all that stuff, the thing that, you know, the the the, uh, the themes that we look in and, and see in movies and film and books and, you know, justifying that stuff. I just think it's grander and, and more beautiful than we can fathom or imagine. And mm-hmm. uh, nobody has that knowledge. Maybe for someone. those of us that watched Rebels, whenever, because I don't know if you remember this, but right around when... Um, when Rise of Skywalker came out, you had people, or before Rise of Skywalker came out, you had people talking about how, oh my God, they're going to introduce time travel into Star Wars because they'd also introduced it into Avengers. And people were like, oh shit, it's going to fucking happen. The main folks that brought that up were people who did see Rebels because we already knew about this, the Veil of the Force and it being a, a time travel vehicle is what it was. So a lot of people were, were worried that time travel was going to make its way into Rise of Skywalker, which it didn't. However, it's still there, and it can be used at any time to fix all of these fucking problems that Disney's created. Right. And I'm, I'm hoping to God that once you can get cunt lean quimity out of the fucking way, it can be taken over by people who actually have a passion for what they're fucking doing. <laughs> she gotten, obviously doesn't. You've gotten madder and madder at her <laughs> through the process of this podcast um, tonight. Like, you, know, you didn't I've, start out I've calling figured, her that. <laughs> I know that's your I name. I figured her, out her problem, man. <laughs> What's I that? I figured out her problem. Oh, you and have I've the also answer. Also figured out. I'm fucking out of here. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think I, I have a hypothesis. I don't have an answer. I'm, I'm just that kidding. Way. I know you are. Um, I, I have a hypothesis, and it also helps explain why some would argue that George Lucas kind of fell off during the prequels. Kathleen Kennedy hasn't been doing her job, and George Lucas isn't drinking enough coffee. <laughs> See, if Kathleen was doing her fucking job, getting the man a fucking cup of coffee, everything Yikes. would be fine. Yikes. So she needs to go back fetching fucking coffee. Oh, because when she man. was fetching fucking coffee, E.T. happened, and the Goonies happened. When she was out fetching fucking coffee, Schindler's List happened. All right, But whenever she wants to try to make the coffee her fucking self you get fucking the least Jedi. So to use the old cliche, she needs to get back in the fucking kitchen. Oh, my yeah, God. I said it. <laughs> wow. I, 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 man, I don't even have enough background knowledge to, to defend that point or to... Or to well, uh, actually, do you, <laughs> you want to hear something funny? I mean, I know I you see her name in Raiders funny? of the Lost Ark when I rewatched it the other day. That's about... Like, I was like, oh, fucking Kathleen Kennedy was it? You know... <laughs> I never paid she's attention in, uh, to that shit years ago. Yeah, she's in, she's in fucking, she's a can-can fucking girl in uh, the, the, the Temple of Doom. Is she really? She's one of the fucking, oh, fuck. she's one of the fucking dancers. Okay, yeah, in the opening she's scene. She's one of the fucking dancers. And then right after that, she blew her way to the top. 
Uh, anyway. Oh, I mean, she Raiders of the Lost Ark. She was either a producer or, or an executive producer of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just fucking. Oh around. yeah. Okay. No, okay. honestly, honestly, I, I give credit where credits due. Her, ex, her producing chops are pretty fucking extensive, right? But most of them are as an executive producer. And what do executive producers do? They fetch fucking coffee. I didn't know you were gonna go all. Why didn't the guy get his wife a watch for Christmas because there's a clock on the stove? I, I didn't know you were going that direction. Um, I really... <laughs> Dude, I've been watching F is for Family way too fucking much. I guess you have, man. <laughs> I'll put you through the fucking wall. A little sidebar here with F is for F is for Family. Now, I, I've seen Bill Burr stand up, and I've watched every episode of that show. And I got to tell you, having had a rough childhood, it really kind of sounds like he, he's a fucking whiner. I, I don't know. Maybe he was beaten, and maybe he was all of that. It just sounds like he was more verbally abused. And I'm not saying that verbal abuse or, or mental abuse, for that matter, is not something to be taken lightly. I just right, I don't right, know. Right. He just seems like he was making a bigger deal out of it than a sh- I, I don't know. I'm probably dead wrong, and I don't want to speak for Mr. Burr. I'm sure it just—I get that imp- I don't know. Maybe it's because I went through. Well, he said what that. I might deem he, worse. He said, I don't know. Yeah, he he said that in an interview. He said oh, it's he? loosely based on it's loosely based on his childhood experience, right? Okay. And that the, a lot of that is uh, he's like it's 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 exaggerated. Oh, okay. Right, but it's he would probably tell me to shut the fuck up. I don't know what I'm talking about. What he might have a point. So. <laughs> He would, he would. But also, the the thing is, is that like all of that stuff that's that's in F is for Family, like even the really offensive shit. Yeah. I think he gets away with doing it because he's making fun of it. You know what I mean? It's not. He's not promoting it. It's it's all like fucking. You look at this fucking stupidity. And you even see that in his comedy, right? Like he'll he'll say shit that's very misogynist or has maybe some racial type undertones to it. Oh, to but be it's sure. all making fun of it. You know what I mean? But anyway, th- this has surfaced as well. This is uh, Steven Spielberg talking about how horrible uh, Cuntleen Quimity was at her job. She made her way to Los Angeles and landed a job as a secretary for notorious screenwriter John Milius. At the time, Milius was executive producing Steven Spielberg's movie, 1941. Spielberg says he was so impressed with her organizing skills that he asked her to be his secretary. I remember Kathy came into the room with her steno pad and her pencil, and she was horrible at taking notes, and she was terrible, and she didn't really know how to do it very well. But what she did know how to do was interrupt somebody in mid-sentence. We'd be pitching ideas back and forth, and Kathy, who's supposed to be writing these ideas down, suddenly put her pencil down and would say something like, and what if he didn't get the girl, but instead he got the dog? And that's what happens when you let somebody like that have fucking creative control. Oh, my God. Yeah, Andy was... pushes right past the girl and goes right for the dog. You know, oh. I, I I hope to God Kathleen Kennedy's middle name is like <laughs> Karen, right? Because then it's <laughs> KKK. Jesus, man. Oh. You know, I guess I just never thought two cents about this woman before. It's like bands. Like a lot of people, oh, the lead guitarist for... Hey, would you blow me as such and such? I fucking have no idea. I don't. I guess it's like that with with Kathleen Kennedy and the producers. It's like when you told me, you know, Cowboy Dave Filoni, and I was like, who the fuck is? I don't know who that is. I do now, clearly, because I watched that. Right, right. The after show, but did you watch the one where where they brought Kathleen in on there? And what was she doing the whole time, cutting everybody off when they were fucking talking? Yeah, that's kind of true. She did not in the one last they got one. Fob- she was pretty tense. Oh, okay. Well, probably because this fucking all came to light <laughs> before that last one. Oh, jeez. Right? 
did it. She cut off Favro, and she's and you can see him like fucking roll his eyes and shit when she does it. And he's like, uh, "This is like a round table. We're gonna go around, and you talking. Okay, fine. You're, you're just gonna keep talking." God, at least in that last episode, Wex, I think they kind of all cut themselves off a lot. They all talk mm. over each other. Well, Filoni uh, and uh, Favro, especially, not so much the director. Right, right. You know, when when they sold everything to Disney and they said that Kathleen Kennedy was gonna gonna be in charge. I remember telling Poe, I think it was I was talking to, that I am glad that they're giving it to Kathleen Kennedy because she comes from the George Lucas way of doing things. I would have been pissed if they would have bought this off of fucking Lucas and then just handed it to some fucking mutt who who has never been around any of it to fucking do. She's, I, I, was, I was optimistic that, you know, because Kathleen comes from that background that, that everything's going to be fine. It's just going to be like George never fucking left. And oh my God, did this cunt make me eat my fucking words? Hey, you, a friend of mine said, God wouldn't have invented that fucking word if he didn't want us to use it. Listen, man, when I'm driving around on my truck at work all day, that is my favorite word. And it knows no race, creed, religion, sexual orientation, gender. It knows none of that. I, uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, I don't know. Fuck is still my favorite. And as Bill Burr told us, uh, Kant is cunt's cousin. Okay, so <laughs> we'll end it on that note. It was good yes, talking to you, my brother. You too, as always, man. I, I felt like I fumbled over a lot a lot today, so you got your editing oh, duties well, are right. going to be uh, that's, heavy. That's why I don't do shit live yet. Once we get a thousand viewers, then we can start doing live stuff over. Uh, we can start doing live streaming. Uh, uh, ask people for money. Uh, That'd all be right, nice. man. So I will see you the next time we do this and. Everybody else's ends at 6, and we will see you next time. Deuces.